Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Everyone, Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest with me, good friend, Lynn Trotta. She is a certified life coach and nature-based mentor. Her mission is to guide empathic lightworkers out of the overwhelm and into peace and connection. Who doesn't need that? By building a meaningful relationship with nature's ceremonies and advocacy. After getting a degree in biology, she dove headfirst into studying mentoring and cultural repair with a variety of teachers and elders. Elders. Lynn said goodbye to the usual career path and co-founded the Sagefire Institute with her husband in 2005. Then in 2018, Lynn struck out all on her own. So welcome. So it's like you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. So I'm going to actually start in a weird place. Because I don't know what cultural repair is. Hmm. Cultural repair is a way of looking at the totality of our society, of our culture. So how communities interact, how we interact with our elders, how we tell stories to each other as a way to remember who we are. Mm. And when you think about what life may have been like a couple hundred years ago, We lived in these small tribes. There was a collection of points within our culture to ensure everybody was a contributing member of the community of the tribe. So everyone was happy. Everyone was healthy. Everyone had their place, was in tune with the best of themselves. Um, Some people call it their genius or original medicine. And there were things in place to ensure that all of that great wisdom and knowledge was passed down to the next generation at the same time honoring the previous generation. And when you think about what's happening today, we're missing a lot of those cultural elements that were keeping people happy, happy, healthy, and thriving. It's really super interesting because one of the things I'm finding as I do my power walks, we're going to talk about walking outside in the mornings is that Now that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're very small society oriented right now, Mm -hmm. I am talking to all my neighbors. (laughs) I've met marvelous people, but I had no idea in the almost 10 years I've lived here that they were around the corner. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's been super fun, you know, meeting their dogs and getting to know, you know, sort of who's married to who. And one of the things that knocked my socks off, I'm embarrassed to admit this, is that there's tremendous cultural diversity in my neighborhood. 
Ooh, that is good. <laughs> no idea. And I thought, this is so cool. Like, how fun is this to live in a really diverse neighborhood? And when I just sort of assumed, you know, it's like this little middle class rows of houses that, you know, everyone was like me, but they're not, which I love. I love that. So it is healthy. Sort of my little microcosm of social and cultural diversity around here is um, seeing my neighborhood and, you know, in those walks when I'm outside every day. Yeah. I love that. So this is very interesting to me because what you're pairing is, and maybe it's more than pairing, it might be multiple things. You're pairing this knowledge of cultural repair with nature-based activities. And this is like a really beautiful mix of who Lynn is. Really yeah. neat. So do yeah, they, you want to inform each other as you're working with clients? Yes, it's absolutely necessary. So the cultural repair piece is important because our great-great-grandparents, no matter, no matter where they lived or when they lived, you can go back far enough and find that they had a very deep, meaningful connection with the land because it was part of them. It was how they survived, whether they were hunters or gatherers or farmers. They all lived and their spirituality and their life was based on their connection with the land. So in that repair piece, it is absolutely a must that people are bringing back their relationship, not just with nature, nature, you know, with a, the lowercase n, I guess, like we are nature with a capital N, but that they are bringing back all of the elements that is out there into our lives. So not just knowing who our neighbors are, both the human and non-human, that's really important. So knowing the trees that are right outside that feed your squirrels that live right outside, but basing our lives on the cycles that are happening right outside of our door. So for example, um, that I like to use is our days primarily are so go, 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 where productivity in terms of getting shit done is super celebrated, but then rest is not celebrated. Right. And we call that super south. So when the sun rises in the morning, it's not like you get out of bed and the sun is burning bright high in the middle of the sky. It rises gradually, just like people, I think, should rise gradually and move into their day and then also close out their day because all of those in-between moments are important as well, both the sleep and the rest and the coming together and the moving apart and alone time and together time and work and play, all of it. And all of that is just based on the natural cycles that are happening right outside. Right. Where do I start with all that? Because I have so many things. So, many things. <laughs> so uh, and you know, I mean, I, I'm a productivity specialist, so I get this. Yeah. One of the things I'm constantly teaching my clients is you can't go, go, go. You are not a robot. You are not a machine. You are going to break down. Human bodies break down when they're nonstop stressed. I am a cancer survivor. I lived this firsthand. I've also had mononucleosis and a few other things. So I'm learning this lesson. And one of the things I do during the day is I do go outside in nature. So I do get up and I go pretty quickly. 
Now, I will say during the pandemic at the beginning, I was kind of like digging the hole. My kid's not getting on the bus. I'm not rushing out the door. This is so awesome. And I did really take that very slow morning approach. Um, I kind of went back to my old self of getting up around six. Um, I, I, that's not entirely true. I would say I wake up around 536 and I do take a good half hour in the morning mm. just to sort of lounge, which I had never done pre-pandemic ever. It was just not my thing. Um, I hope I keep that habit. It's really nice, the quiet time. And I read, yeah. you know, I, I just kind of chill out, which is great. But I take breaks during the day to go outside. Now, in the day we're recording this, it's a, we're in a heat wave and it is just <laughs> brutal out there. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, I have a very big schedule today. So what I did today was I got up at, I was in my office by seven. In my pajamas, which is something I used to never do, but I thought there was a good chance I'd get to work out today and I wasn't going to, I think I actually just got up and didn't know what I was going to do today. I wasn't sure I was going to work out. Usually I'm hopping in my work clothes and uh, my workout clothes. So I worked in my pajamas for, I don't know, however long to like 845. And then I looked at the clock and I was like, all right, I'm in a pretty good shape. I've gotten these things that I had to, those boxes that I had to check off done this morning. And my energy level, another thing I work with my clients on, is very high in the morning. It's like very focused and very intense. So what I do then is I said, okay, quick, put on the sneakers. And I went out and did take a walk. And that walk time for me, a couple of amazing things happen. And I'm sure you'll find this to be true. I come up with like brilliant stuff. (laughs) So much so that I now have to take my phone so I can take notes on my watch and put in a little note, reminder, you know, whatever. Oh, if I do that, it'll probably set it off. (laughs) So it's my way of getting in my body, getting into nature, being very grounded and sort of earthy for lack of a better word. I'm very like high in the sky, floaty kind of personality and I need to ground. And the only way I can ground is literally to put my feet on the ground. So that's what I do. And then if it's not like today where it's like, you know, 105 in the shade, um, not literally, but it feels like it. Uh, I would normally eat lunch outside on a nice, beautiful, sunny day. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law bought a house that has a pool. I can't tell you, I'm, I'm up there three or four days a week. It's my new thing. Like late afternoon, I go, I take a swim. And of course, everything is surrounded with the trees and the butterflies. And she's got a bird house and the birds are in and out and we're watching them build their nest. And it's It's important. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you work with your clients for this because you're going to have a very different viewpoint on it than I am. I'm just sort of like, hey, you need to get in nature. You're the real deal. Absolutely. Everybody's definition of being in nature and connecting is going to be different. And I am very big on everybody finding their own path. And For a lot of people, there'll be one, I call it the gateway drug. There'll be one thing that gets them out there. But then as soon as they start really connecting, they'll find that it's just attached to everything else. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was uh, was birds. Once I started learning about birds, I needed to start learning about the trees because certain trees will bring in certain birds. So then I knew that every time I saw a mulberry tree, if I sat there long enough, it had berries on it, I would find a cedar waxwing. And then, and then I needed to find out who the mammals that were in competition. And then I started learning about tracking and everything sort of flowed out from there. 
and especially for um, for women like you and I who are super excited and curious and you know find our attention really drawn to all of those things out there, there is no end to the really exciting things that are out there. And especially for people who are fairly new to the connecting with nature game, I'm really big on just go out and sit down. And there mm-hmm. is a way to do a nature meditation where you can find yourself a little shady spot if it's hot outside or if it's cold outside, find yourself a sunny spot. But if you have that one magical place, we call it a sit spot, outside your door, super, super close, you know, within like 20 paces. And you can just sit and breathe and engage with all of your senses. And it is incredible the amount of calm that will come over you when you can just sit on purpose Mm. and you're not telling yourself that there's other things you should be doing because there's always other things that you could be doing. Don't take your phone. Don't take your phone. Don't take take a journal. Don't take a book, but just be present. We call it the human being versus human doing. Mm. Just be present for 20 minutes. And just look at the wonder of what's happening around you, the colors, the textures. Even if you don't know the names of things, it's okay. Eventually you will. But it's just so important to get in your body, like you said, and to call up all of your senses and really use them all. You know, as humans are, we're predatory animals, our eyes are facing in the very front of our body because we are predators. But if you, if you can start by sitting with your eyes closed, it gives your ears a chance to work a little bit. And it gives mm-hmm. your nose an ability to re-engage. And then after a couple of minutes, you can open your eyes again, but really use a soft vision. And the, the great thing about sitting in nature is that you can just have you know, the benefit of breathing and presence and a little vitamin D while you're at it. But when you are sitting for 20 minutes in nature, your cortisol levels drop, your sense of well-being increases, it boosts your immune system, it helps your healing, it gives you a sense of belonging. And all of that is so important for good mental health. Absolutely. We, um, it's funny you mentioned birds. My brother has a boat. And last summer, he took us out on it. A couple times. I think last summer was the first summer in the boat. It might have been the summer before. And one day we went out together really early in the morning because he told me there's this eagle up in this park that's you can really only get to by boat. Uh, and so I said, Yeah, let's go. Let's be fun. And we went out, and every other second we're like, Look at that. Is that a heron? Oh, that's a blue heron. What about that egret? And you know, we're cormorants and you know, everything else. And and I found out something about him and he found out something about me. We share this complete mutual love for birding. Oh, I'm 54. You know, I had no idea this was something my brother was into. He had no idea I was into it. So we, whenever I'm down there, we make sure to sneak out just the two of us, like seven mm. o'clock in the morning and don't tell anybody really. Jump on the boat, let's go. And we go out like intense, total geek alert. He's got this huge camera with this giant zoom lens. And we had an absolute blast out there. 
birding and, and connecting mm-hmm. with nature. And, and, you know, this is, you know, I talk about walking and grounding. What I didn't talk about is my complete love of the water. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like a little fish, I swear. And, uh, you know, that's another way you can connect. You connect by being on the water mm-hmm. or being near the water. It's a whole different energy. Mm-hmm. It is. And especially if the water seems to pull out a, a sense of wandering in people mm-hmm. where I don't know if it's paired with people having experiences of being at the beach and being on vacation or if it's just the natural way that water calls on people. And it's, it brings out this sense of meandering and a desire to, to putter and to just walk aimlessly. And that wandering is so important because it, it not just helps your body, but it also gives your brain a chance to wander on its own. And that's where we are inviting our creative juices to come in. It's helping us get in touch with our intuition. And all of that is, is helpful for everybody. Absolutely. So it's interesting. There are two big trends this summer here. Uh, here, the United States, maybe elsewhere too. Uh, one of them I predicted, which was RV rentals. I figured sales and rentals of RVs would go through. Mm-hmm. What I missed was what went out the roof for sales was boats. The boat oh. industry exploded because of wandering. You can't go away. You can't travel. So if you can't travel, where can you travel? On a boat right? You can take your little boat out, travel around, go to different parks or wherever you might go. I mean, we go different directions when we're out on the boat. The bay isn't that huge. There's, there's two connecting bays. You know, one direction is the park. The other direction is more um, under the bridge and is the larger bay. And it's where we can, um, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not water skiing, but it's similar. It's like a board. You no, know, there's a word for it. I can't come up with Wake, it. Wakeboarding? Wakeboarding, yes. I'm like, waterboarding, no. Oh, waterboarding. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Very different thing. We, waterboarding is no, and wakeboarding is yes. I'm not, I don't wakeboard. I surf. I don't wakeboard. So uh, I guess I could wakeboard, though, because I do surf. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. At any rate, it's just two different experiences, and and, and we're out on that bay and, you know, in seconds flat, we're all in the water, swimming around, having a blast. It's just, it's fun. And it does give you that sense of getting away. And I, it's funny, this is very much on my mind right now because I just wrote an e-newsletter for tomorrow that is all about finding the moments of magic. So see, well, I've been getting ready to, for today. I've been like reading a lot of your stuff and it's only like, wait a minute, that's kind of like moments of magic where you go outside and you sit and you enjoy something. And, and I see this blue dragonfly all the time and my aunt loved blue and I just know it's her sign. And she was a lover of all the small things. Like she was very um, inquisitive and creative and always saw the small moments of joy. And I know that's what that dragonfly is for me. And I didn't realize it. Like I've been seeing a blue dragonfly off and on for over a year. And, and I she's think, like, finally. Yeah, with Lynn and the Nature <laughs> Land online. And I'm like, click. <laughs> there it is. So. I love it. The other thing I have for you, and I don't know if you've read any of it. I have not officially read the work. I've heard about the work. 
is this idea of um, hunters and farmers. Have you read about this? I think it's Hartman, but I will put the link below as to who does this. I, I heard mention in one of the uh, podcasts that I was listening to, and I didn't get a chance to read all the work, but what I found really interesting was if I had to guess, it's that um, when there were options and people were choosing between hunting and farming, those with the wanderlust gene, whatever you want to call it, would have that desire to be on the hunting end. And today, we don't have those options, really. Of course, there are still people that hunt. And what what I found really interesting was it seems like there has been a shift in terms of if people can't hunt the way they used to in terms of providing for your family and always being on that, that wander path of voyaging out into the wilderness, what is a really amazing substitute for people who need small adventure and things constantly changing and feeling exciting is people gardening mm. because there's there's no end of problems to solve there there's constantly things you have to pay attention to and always things that you are doing whether you're doing more compost or you're doing more seeding it feels energetically like farming is the new hunting <laughs> or you know the, the hunters that used to be um, where i really do think it's filling that need for people who need that, that big excitement, because it really is very exciting out there. Right. In, in this thing that's the hunter-farmer, I should have explained, it's about the idea that people with ADHD are like hunters, and mm-hmm. people who aren't are like farmers, and the two mindsets. And it's not good or bad, it's just someone's theory. I want to really make that very clear because some people would say, oh, that's totally patently untrue. And they would be like some top ADHD people who would say, no, absolutely not. But I kind of get it. I kind of resonate with this image of being a hunter, of being a creative type who works in short bursts. You know, I'm not the marathon runner. I was always more of a sprinter. I love the next thing, the next challenge, the next hunt, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's, and I can kind of see how it could work. Now, I mean, uh, we could also say you could take anything and make it work with an idea. But our society really does value more the the people who are like farmers, who do the day in and the day out grind, who are willing to do all this stuff over and over again. And mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things I'm also reading about is that entrepreneurs are six times more likely to have ADHD. and that they're attracted to working for themselves because think about it, you're always on the hunt, right? You're always trying to find new clients and find the latest and greatest thing and you're pivoting and you're adaptable, et cetera. And I mean, there's some really, really famous entrepreneurs who built like amazing businesses who have those kinds of traits. So, you know, you and I are both in the (laughs) waiting for the pandemic to end so we can find out whether or not we officially have ADHD. I know you're, and it's similar for you as it is to me that in the family. And now you're like, huh, I wonder if that's me as well. But let's go with it that we, we possibly do have undiagnosed ADHD and talk about how nature can help 
not only say the everyday overwhelmed, stuck person, whether they're an entrepreneur or not, but also most importantly, how they can help. It can help people with ADHD because I think ADHDers are very sensual. And by sensual, I mean senses, like the five senses, not some weird Kama Sutra sexual thing. Although, you know, if that bullets are both. And so it's important as ADHD folks that we don't lose that sensualness, that need for um, engaging all five of our senses because it's easy to sit at a desk and, and not have any of that. You're just really not engaging all your senses when you're sitting at a desk. So kind of going all the way back to the beginning where you talked about sitting outside and having that mm-hmm. sort of what I would call magic moment. Yes, uh, definitely. And there are ways of specifically turning on each of the senses one by one as a way to to really get in your body. It's called a sensory meditation. And without leading you through it now, it's essentially you sit and you close your eyes. You first focus on your ears and then your sense of touch and then your smell and then what you can taste on the air. And then you open your eyes. And it can be a long, you know, beautiful 20 minutes of turning each of the senses on. And what I love is that almost every time when I'm doing this with a group of people, someone inevitably says when they finally open their eyes, it feels like I just opened my eyes and the world was technicolor. Like that scene from The Wizard of Oz when everything was black and white and suddenly the door opens and the world is bright and colorful. And the reason it's so important and amazing is because it gives your brain a chance to flood with all of the the real life, I call it the important data, right? Where it's, when it's being flooded with actual input from the world, temperature, Mm -hmm. moisture, smells, sensitivity, feeling your own like texture of your clothing on your skin. It does so in a way where it causes your thinking mind to shut down even for a few moments. So it doesn't have the chatter mind, the thoughts going around and around. And doing that repeatedly enables you to train your brain so that eventually, even when you are sitting inside, you can do what's called a trigger breath. And in that moment, turn on all of your senses and it brings everything down. It brings your whole adrenaline and and your, your sympathetic nervous system down. Because I'm constantly amazed at how I find myself going into fight or flight, just sitting at my computer. And that is, it's not healthy for us body, mind, or soul to be in that place. Pairing a gratitude practice with nature is also extremely important. And there's so many different ways you can do it. But giving thanks when you are outside will also call up your parasympathetic nervous system and it helps um, feelings of connectivity between you and the world. And I think that's extremely helpful, especially when people are going through a lot because they can find themselves in a place of, well, I'm all alone. Mm. And when you have relationships with the non-human beings outside, like the birds and the trees and the plants, for me, it's like having family everywhere I go. So the first thing I do when I travel is to wander around the place where I've just arrived, whether it's by 
by plane, train, or automobile. And I just, I see who's there. And I can look down and say, oh, Clover, I know you. And oh, Catbird, I know you. And it immediately gives me a sense of place, mm. of, of knowing who I am, where I am, because I have all of these beautiful family members around me. Even though I don't, I might not know that particular chickadee yet, I know all of her cousins and I know that they love me and I love them. And it, it's like a constant sense of being home, right? which is helpful to any mind that, or body that is going around and around and around. So all of those seem to do this to my energy and gives me an ability to focus on that, on whatever it is that I really want to get done. I think I want that meditation. <laughs> I, can, I, I, want it. I know I want that. I can, I can offer a link if that would be helpful to be your people. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. I just love that because I already kind of do this, but not with a system or a, I, I, I do the gratitude. I love gratitude journaling and before I started doing this whole listening to podcasts while I walked, I was doing power walks with gratitude, meaning as I walked along. And now I'm not quite as focused on it as I was, but then it would be like, oh, I see that bird. I'm grateful for the birds. I'm grateful for these flowers, you know, et cetera. And you kind of semi do that, but I don't do it with real intent and purpose the way I was before I was mm. podcast. Podcast time for me was in the car. Well, I'm never in the car anymore. I'm just, I'm home. Very good point. <laughs> And it's, it's hard to get a quiet space. Like for me, the walk is also about being alone. Hmm. I've always got people in my house, you know, right now. Uh, and that's not good or bad, but even going outside, you know, my family's learned if I'm outside and it's clear that I'm kind of in my moment, then that's really about me having that alone time mm-hmm. and getting in touch with nature, which I think is huge. So this is all absolutely amazing. Last thought I'm going to say is if you think you're not being productive when you're sitting outside and taking a moment to meditate, you are being as productive as you possibly could be because it's going to reflect back in your productivity, that, that your energy is going to be uplifted and calmer and more focused. Am I summarizing that pretty well? Yes, definitely. And the mantra I try to get people to use is if that thought comes up, of I should be doing something else or or I can't believe I'm just sitting here. It's this is time well spent Mm. because I think what gets people is I'm wasting time. And when you are sitting, especially outside and being present, there is absolutely no wasting of that time. It is time well spent. We love that time well spent. All right. If people want to spend their time well with you, how can they find you? Um, my website is lintrotta.com and there is a free mini course out there right now, five tools for thriving in the new normal. Because like you said, for some people, their, their coping mechanisms and techniques and things that have worked for them in the past are, have been taken away because people mm. are at home more. So all of these, the five tools that I give include uh, SitSpot and a couple other ones that we talked about today, they can do right outside of their door or in a park that is right, right down the road. Um, and that is on the homepage of my website. What a gift that is. And thank you so much for coming on. It's, I, it's just, now I really want to be outside, even though it's really <laughs> up. 
Thank you so much. In, shady spots are always a good a good place to find. Yes, if I just sit very quietly and not move. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.